Welcome to the 7 Days to Amazing podcast, where you learn how to make your life, business, and style even more amazing in the next week. Now your host, Sharon Haver of FocusOnStyle.com, helping you live the life that others only dream about so you can be the best at being you. Hello, Sheiksters. I am Sharon Haver, and you are about to be amazed. I have a brilliant guest on today's episode of 7 Days to Amazing. Did you ever wonder about reinventing yourself, not being pigeonholed as a one-trick wonder, but rather seen as a recognized expert with a clear personal brand and a portfolio of income streams? Well, today's show is for you. Dory Clark is a marketing strategy consultant, professional speaker, and frequent contributor to the Harvard Business Review and Entrepreneur Magazine. Recognized as a branding expert by the Associated Press, Inc. and Fortune Magazine, Dory is the author of Reinventing You and Stand Out, which was named the number one leadership book of 2015 by Inc. Magazine and one of the top 10 business books of the year by Forbes, and was a Washington Post bestseller. She's also the author of the ebook Stand Out Networking and the forthcoming book Entrepreneurial You Monetize Your Expertise, Create Multiple Income Streams, and Thrive. A former presidential campaign spokesperson, the New York Times described her as an expert at self-reinvention and helping others make changes in their lives. Dory consults and speaks for a diverse range of clients, including Google, the World Bank, Microsoft, Morgan Stanley, the Ford Foundation, Yale University, the Mount Sinai Medical Center, and the National Park Service. She is an adjunct professor of business administration at Duke University's Fuqua School of Business, has taught marketing and communications at several universities and colleges, including Tufts University, Emerson College, HEC Paris, Babson College, Smith College, we're going to start this one, hold on, and Smith College Executive Education. She was named one of Inc. Magazine's 100 Great Leadership Speakers for Your Next Conference and recognized in Forbes as one of the 25 professional networking experts to watch in 2015. A former New England Press Association award-winning journalist, Dory is the director of the environmental documentary film The Work of 1000. At age 14, she entered Mary Baldwin College's program for the exceptionally gifted. At 18, she graduated Phi Beta Kappa from Smith College and two years later received a Master of Theological Studies from Harvard Divinity School. She is the producer of a multi-Grammy winning jazz album. Dory Cook, I am thrilled to have you here and your amazing, incredible background. Welcome. Thank you. I am so glad to be here. Thank you. So I want to sort of start in the beginning here because obviously when we're going to be talking about reinventing and branding and being known as an expert and spreading your ideas, your 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 bio, which is just a portion of it, surely shows your diverse background. But how did it all begin for you? How did you start finding your way in in such a, a target niche but such a broad niche? Well, Sharon, one of the the biggest things that had an impact on me was actually getting laid off from my first job. I started out as a newspaper reporter, and I was in my early 20s. I had only been working there for a year, 
And I ended up getting called into the HR office and uh, was told they were letting me go. And I I didn't know what to do. I didn't really have a, a plan B. I certainly didn't expect to be laid off. It was uh, it was kind of in the early wave of uh, of that. I mean, now journalists are losing their jobs left and right, but it mm-hmm. certainly wasn't the case at the time. And so I was forced inadvertently to professionally reinvent myself. And it was through that process of going through a number of different careers. Some of them you mentioned. I was, you know, presidential campaign spokesperson. I ran a nonprofit. I did a lot of things before starting my own consulting business. I had to learn how to reinvent. And I ended up writing my first book, Reinventing You, about that process, about what I learned, and even more to the point, uh, interviewing dozens of professionals who had reinvented themselves successfully so that people could hopefully learn this pretty increasingly essential skill um, and learn how to do it more effectively than I did because I, I felt like I was kind of fumbling around in the dark. But it was that initial experience that uh, that really thrust me into the work that I'm doing now. Yeah, I, I think it's also so important now, as you say, you know, as journalists losing their jobs left and right. But what's happening is we're also coming to a point in time where a lot of people are either being aged out of their job. They're 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 seeing that the internet has bring is bringing them so many opportunities, and they're looking for freedom lifestyles. They're looking for a second career, or you know, they're just they're just toying with the idea of being something different, and they're so scared, and they don't really know where to begin. A lot of people. Um, business coaches in particular right now have this this trend of like the one thing, the one thing. And I know for me, I, I saw in your bio too, you're also an only child. I mean, that's the only one with me in my life. It's like I'm an only child and I'm an independent thinker. But I always am sort of multi-interested in a million things. I know some people call it multi-passionate now. But I, 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 this whole idea of being one thing, you you were saying that you you – there's a risk of disruption of just being this one thing. And how can someone diversify and know what to take on in their life so they don't put all their eggs in one basket and suddenly find, you know, the pink slip waiting for them or the door closed or the opportunity ended? Well, I think that there's there's an important distinction to be made, which is that it is true that if you're trying to do a million things simultaneously, if you want to be a travel writer and a, a dog trainer and a lawyer and a yoga instructor, yes, inevitably, because we are humans, we only have so much time, our energies and our attentions are going to be pulled in a lot of different directions. Um, you know, if that's if that's if they're all things you really want to do and you're okay with that, that's fine. But I think that there is uh, there's an important wrinkle in all of this, which is that I would argue that the piece that that most people are missing is it's not so much that we should be doing a million different things, but instead taking the core of the the things that we care about and leveraging them in different ways. Mm-hmm. And so what I mean by that is let's say you write an article, you write a blog post, something like that. Um, if you're, if you're doing that, that's wonderful. But for most people, it just, it stops there. And then they say, oh, well, now it's time to move to the next thing. Now it's time to do the, you know, the, the next piece. In actuality, what I would argue is far more effective is doing something once and then getting 10 times the value from it because you say, oh, I did this interview. 
Uh, I'll publish it as a blog post. Then let me, let me extract the best quotes and come up with 10 tweets about it to promote it. Let me make a one minute video, uh, where I'm describing the highlights and post that on YouTube. Uh, let me take a picture of me interviewing the person and put that on Instagram. You know, what are the ways that you can do something once and leverage that value and diversify it? And similarly, um, if you have similar skill sets, you don't just have to speak. Um, people are going to come up to you. They're going to be interested in your work. That's a perfect opportunity to, to think about, well, could I consult for them? Could I coach for them? It's taking the same skill set, but driving it in slightly different areas so you hedge your risk. No, that's brilliant, and and that's something I know also as an entrepreneur that you kind of sometimes lose track of, and I find the way that we do it here at Focus on Style is that I just sort of do a tick list of, you know, where else, where does this need to go, and I sort of check it off, is it appropriate for this or that, because sometimes you truly, you forget, and you just move on to the next thing, and you're like, dang, I should have put that as a post on LinkedIn, or I should have done that as a quick tips video, so how do you see someone getting, you know, honing in on, on expanding the topic and broadening the reach without being coming overwhelmed. Because for a lot of people, they're saying, well, that's great, Dory, but like, I don't know where to start. Like, how, isn't that it? Like, how do you do this? Because you do so much and stay organized. Yeah, thank you. I mean, certainly it's easy for people to feel overwhelmed these days. But I think that uh that a lot of it is understanding that first of all, you don't you don't have to be everywhere, you don't have to do everything. Um, you know, the the things I'm citing are examples, but mm -hmm. if you're if you're an individual, um the the marketing strategy that you're going to be focusing on is a lot different than if you were American Airlines or Coca-Cola. You certainly shouldn't be thinking about being on every social platform, for instance. I mean, I, I, I love social media as much as the next person, but that in particular is an area where I feel like there's a lot of misunderstandings. Um, many people today think that it is, uh, you know, so critically important to your brand building. And I would say yes. I mean, I think it's good. It's good to be on social media. Um, if you're trying to build a public presence, it looks a little weird if you're not on social media at all. But mm -hmm. I also think this is the area where a lot of people probably waste more time than anything else. And I don't mean just, you know, looking at cat pictures. I think that, it, that it's a waste of time if people are spending hours a day posting on social media and they're anything other than a social media consultant. The truth is, the social media is nice. Yes, it raises your profile in some generalized, diffused sense. But if you are trying to get clients for a business, for instance, um, it's, it's the most indirect way of doing it. Um, studies have shown that most people, even your, you know, your followers, uh, only about two to five percent of them are going to see any given post. There's a lot of things that are more direct and more effective that people could be doing, whether it's asking for referrals, building up email lists, um, things like that, that might be a little bit, uh, may, might feel a little riskier because they are direct, but are far more important and effective for people to be doing.
So can you think of a few things that we can help people? If Okay, so I know everyone is like, we want to be on social media for influence, but I completely agree with you. I mean, some people are like, why don't you have more of an Instagram presence? I'm like, because to do that kind of Instagram, it could take a half hour, 20 minutes a post to set that stuff up. You know, why? It's like, it's cute to do once in a while. So if someone is sort of, I don't know, new or not not seeing the results they'd like, what do you think are some really great ways of, of you went over a few of them, of really pinpointing a way of, of spreading your reach and, and really sort of cementing your personal brand without diluting it? Yeah, so I, I think that um, – that you're exactly right. I mean, um, the the problem with social media is that it does provide that illusion of productivity. Mm-hmm. But I, it, what really is essential is getting clear on the metrics that matter. And so I, I would say that the most important things, if people are in the initial stages of kind of getting traction, getting noticed, uh, building their businesses, uh, number one, is long form content. It's very seductive for people to spend a lot of time on Twitter or something like that, you know, sending out witty banter. But mm-hmm. what is going to get you noticed and recognized as an expert, which is one of the key themes that I talk about, um, is creating long form content, meaning blogs or a podcast series, something like that, so that people actually have an opportunity not just to see your banter, but to see your ideas uh, expressed in, in an in-depth fashion. It's the way that they can essentially test drive what it would be like working with you because they see how you are viewing the, the problems at hand and what solutions you have to offer. That is, in a short-form world, when you do that, you really stand out. That's number one. Uh, number two, I'm a, a very big fan of, uh, of focusing early on much more on sales than I am yeah. on marketing, meaning you you have to get that stream of clients. You have to get money in the door so that you then have the luxury to market yourself more broadly. And that involves, uh, you know, literally just kind of person to person asking the people you know, um, hey, I'm doing this thing. Do you happen to need this or do you know anyone who does? Uh, it, it's putting yourself out there, but it's it's the necessary cauldron in which we need to forge ourselves as business people. And third and finally, I would say uh, an, an early an important thing people need to do is to really think about building their opt-in email list, you know, meaning mm-hmm. convincing, convincing people um, voluntarily, not just because you, you know, grab their email address from somewhere, but to, to say consciously, no, no, I would like to subscribe to your email list. And uh, once you have that, you really have a high degree of loyalty and the ability to cultivate a relationship with someone over time. No, I agree with you. So many people I know, they, they just do all this stuff and they don't have an email list. And it's it's really just silly because you're just, you could have 15,000 followers on Facebook today, but, you know, they change the algorithm and one person sees it or who knows what. You just, you need to really have your email list. And I know at one point when I started Focus on Child back in 1999, and I had insane traffic then and, and you know, the first five, oh, 10 years out even. And I was very lazy about an email list because I was resting on my laurels. People just found me. They came to me. They Googled me. They found me. And then 
I can almost kick myself later because I lost tens and tens of thousands of people that I could have really put on an email list. And it's just so important. So it's taken, you know, the last, I don't know, 10 years of my career of, of really letting people know it's critical to make sure you can capture interested people and not, not buy a list, but find people who really, you know, they get you and they want to hear more of you. And I, I think that is so, so important. Hey, excuse me, let me jump in for a second. We're sharing a lot of amazing things today, but you know, there's more. If you have a friend that you think will also enjoy this episode, don't forget to share it now. Do you like to listen on the go? Simply download this episode in iTunes. While you're there, subscribe and write a review so we can continue to bring you the most amazing content possible to help you be the best at being you in your life, business, and style. For more amazing episodes, go to our podcast library at www.7daystoamazing.com, where you will find episode transcripts and additional resources. Thanks for letting me jump in. Back to the episode. Now, one of the things that you talk about is you, you also have a tool, a recognized expert evaluation tool. Now, someone is saying, well, I, I don't know what I do. Like, how do I become an influencer? How do I become an expert? You know, one of my things when I started out on my site was I was number one as fashion expert in Google for 10 years. And I was, although, you know, my, my breadth of expertise was far greater than fashion, but that was kind of my, my pinpoint at the time. But how does someone find their way of being a recognized expert and, and what they love right now? Because I know that I, you know, for me, pigeonholing has been a real big reinvention of my career because people don't really see the, the business side of me because they know me in one degree and not in the other, even though my background originally is in business. So I'm all about, you know, making sure I'm in a reinvention state of people are really fully aware of what I do. So how does someone not know where to begin and how to how to become an expert, and not to yeah. say they are. Yeah, it's such an important question. Well, I think uh, first of all, just to to kind of lay out at a at a high level, I've I've spent years doing research on the question of how to become a recognized expert, and mm -hmm. it's really the the focus of my book, Stand Out. And so what I have discovered over time from interviewing hundreds of of thought leaders in different fields is that when it comes to becoming a recognized expert and, and, and getting known by people for your skills, there are three critical elements that you have to have in place. Um, the first, which we were talking about a little bit earlier, is content creation. And the reason for that, it's very simple, but if you are not sharing your ideas publicly, people will not know what those ideas are. Mm -hmm. And so you, you have to give them something to work with. Um, you, you can't, uh, you know, you're, your immediate friends or family might know you're great just from talking to you, but clearly that's not going to work if you're trying to influence a larger population or, you know, get known by magazine editors or potential clients or things like that. So you have to share your ideas uh, by blogging or, or podcasting, doing videos, whatever your format is, but somehow there has to be idea transmission, writing a book, giving mm -hmm. speeches, et cetera. Um, the second piece is, uh, is called social proof. And this is a term borrowed from psychology. Um, essentially what it means is you have to have sufficient credibility so that people will take you seriously. You have to give them a reason for them to, uh, to, to listen to you, essentially. And so th there's easy ways of, of doing this. Um, a lot of it actually relates to your affiliations. 
are you affiliated or branded alongside of things that they already have heard of and already trust? So for instance, if you become a columnist for your local newspaper or for a business publication such as Forbes or Inc. or Entrepreneur or something like that, those are things people have heard of and they say, oh, well, if she's good enough for Forbes, she's good enough for me. Um, you can also do it with professional associations. Maybe you're the head of you know, the regional chapter of your professional association or your city's chamber of commerce. Those are really good ways to obtain social proof. And then third and finally, it's about your network uh, because it, on, on many counts, your network is important. One, of course, is you are judged by the company you keep. So it's mm -hmm. important to, uh, to know and have good relationships with people in your industry. But also, they're the people who both can provide you with helpful feedback about how to make your ideas better and serve as early ambassadors for your ideas. If you have a great idea, they can be instrumental in helping you spread it to a wider audience. Absolutely. That is so important. And it's the company you keep, especially also if you if you connect on social media and you look at people's backgrounds and profiles and you, you see where they're connected, you can kind of get, or also with Facebook groups is usually a great idea. You know, you, you could see like who their friends really are. And you know, I'm so much about a visual message. And as you're going down, the Facebook scroll, someone who doesn't know you is instantly going to see what you look like and you're going to either look credible or not. You're going to look on brand or not. And then the other thing is they're going to, you know, they're going to be sort of pilfering in your panties a little bit and saying, well, who else is she friends with? Who else is she going on? What is going on here? And then I think that is such a great, you know, it's the network you keep in art with they what they do a lot is, and I think it's so fascinating. And this is how I believe it was Jean-Michel Basquiat became, rose to fame so quickly. They take like an up and coming artist and, and um, they hang them next to a really important artist in a gallery. So when someone mm -hmm. comes in, they're like, oh, there's, you know, Joe Schmo, but he's he's next to Picasso. So therefore, Joe Schmo must be as great as Picasso. And it's kind of a more, you know, an, an interesting, quirky way of doing it. But it's the same thing. It's the neighborhood of where you're hanging. And I think that is so critical to people. And just looking at it at that way, or, you know, are you hanging out with the right people? So that's exactly uh, right. I, I, I really want to underscore that. And I'll, I'll also mention if people are interested in evaluating for themselves how far they are there, they are along in becoming a recognized expert or, or figuring out um, where they need to apply a little more focus. Um, I actually have a, a free uh, scored evaluation. Mm -hmm that people can download at doryclark.com slash toolkit. Um, so in case that's that's of interest, people can get that for free. Yeah, and it's, it's great. You get you get Dory for free. I mean, and then you also get on Dory's email list. So there you go. Back to the last point. Yes. yes, yes. It, it, all, it all fits together. It all fits together. And that's what I want to talk about now also. That, that's a good transition. So in all fitting together, I was when, – when I was pilfering around about you, you have seven different ways of um, income, income streams. So you're a marketing strategy consultant, you're a professional speaker, writing books, executive coaching, business school and teaching, online courses, affiliate marketing. So how does someone, you know, get into all those directions? And, and it makes for a busy day. Like, how do you manage your day? You said earlier, you know, you do one post and you think of different ways of spinning it into other opportunities on the same theme. But how do you manage to get in all these different directions and get that, that income stream portfolio? 
Yeah, well, I, I think that's a, an important question. And one of the things that's been really helpful to me is that I have started following a, a time management practice hmm. that was laid out um, by uh, by a gentleman named Paul Graham, who is a, a thinker known in Silicon Valley, um, called Manager's Schedule and Maker's Schedule. And the way that he described it in an essay, folks can Google it if they're interested, is that the ideal schedule for a manager, you know, whose job is to sort of oversee projects, keep things moving along, is that, you know, every half hour or hour, they have a different thing. They have a call, a meeting, a check-in, et cetera, you know, boom, boom, boom. That's great for them. But on the opposite end of the spectrum are the makers. And those are people, whether they're computer coders or writers or things like that, who are responsible for creating things, for res- responsible mm-hmm. for, for coming up with some sort of uh, long-term creative endeavor. And for those people, it is deadly to have a day that is broken up into staccato half-hour increments mm-hmm. because you you just can't get into a flow state when that happens. And so in in my job, it, it requires a lot of different uh, skills, a lot of different uh, things that you need to do on, on a given day if you are giving a speech versus, um, you know, writing an email to your list versus uh, teaching a business school class. And so what I try very deliberately to do is to separate my days into manager days versus maker days. And mm-hmm. on maker days, I don't schedule anything. I, I I crowd stuff into the other days so that I can free up the maker days and have complete liberty to be able to dive in in depth into meaningful projects so that I can really make uh, progress on that. Well, that's great. Yeah, no, I, I do it with chunking, and I, that helps me out tremendously. But I, I'm going to follow your advice on that one and Google that because I know sometimes you just get to this point where you're in, a, you're in the flow of something creative, and all of a sudden you stop to do something techy or something I don't know managerial, and it just—it's usually techy though—and you just you break the flow, and it's just like what was I thinking? Where you know you, I've got to sort of go for a walk, come back, and just you know, kind of get my mindset back in that direction. And it would be probably a lot more productive to do it on a, as a full day than as a, a chunk of a day. Totally. Um, so one of the things that we really didn't touch on that much, and we're, we're coming almost to the close, is like when someone is rebranding, is how do they know what's right for them? How do they know what their next best move is, what their direction should be in, in rebranding their career and, and coming back and reinventing themselves? Yeah. So in terms of, of that, that phase of the process, figuring out, you know, what is the next best thing for them? I think that, you know, some, some people, of course, have, um, have an idea because there's some sort of passion that they're moving toward. You know, maybe they've always loved photography and it's just been burbling up inside them to the point where they now feel like, you know what? I, I just need to do this. I care about it enough that I'm, I'm going to make the move and I'm going to figure it out. Um, but then there's, uh, there's another group of reinventors and, uh, you know, certainly this was, this was the case for me since when I was laid off as a journalist, I, I was not expecting it. I didn't have, uh, you know, another idea in the back of my mind about what I would do where you, you kind of come up against a wall and say, well, you know, what, what next? You know, this is the inflection point and where do I go? And so for, for those moments, 
I would say there's a few things that you could do. I mean, one, uh, this is actually a strategy that my friend James Altucher uh, suggests. I, I love this uh, this thought exercise. Um, he says that that something that you can do is you could either do it literally, physically, um, or just think about it. But the challenge is this. If you were to go into a bookstore and someone were to say to you, you are required to read every hmm. single book in a certain section, what section would you pick? Hmm. And that can begin to give you interesting clues because, I mean, you know, presumably not that many of us are going to do it, certainly not in, you know, a condensed time frame, maybe over the course of our lifetime. But, uh, you know, not, not that many of us are necessarily going to read 500 books on a given subject. But if you if you had to, if you had to read 500 books on a given subject, what what excites you enough that you would say, you know what, this would actually be pretty fun for me. And it begins to give you some clues about the areas that, that you really care about and are interested in. Another way to think about it is to, to look, you know, that's sort of inside out. But if you no, I, lo out, I love that idea. I, I, I love to get lost at the Strand bookstore here in New York, too. It's just, to me, it's like the best brainstorming place in the universe. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, another strategy, kind of an outside-in strategy, is to just start taking stock of what people are constantly asking you about. Um, in my new book, Entrepreneurial You, I, uh, I profile a guy named Bozi Dar, um, who lives in the U.S. now, but uh, but was born in Serbia. And he ended up creating a successful online course. And the reason that he that he ultimately did this was that he was getting promoted a lot at his company. And people were really curious about about how he did that. They kept coming to him and saying, how how are you getting promoted so much? How what are you doing that I'm not? And he finally realized you know, oh, like people, people care about this. They're interested enough to ask. And they seem to think that I have special knowledge or a special strategy. Let's, let's look into this. It, it wouldn't necessarily have occurred to him that what he was doing was so special, but by hearing what other people thought that he did that was special, he realized there was a market for it. And he's now created a course that's, that sold tens of thousands of dollars hmm. worth of, uh, worth of material. So looking, uh, looking to what other people ask you about is another good strategy. That's great. That's great. And, and yeah, and sometimes people, you know, they don't think about it. It's just so easy to just walk around pondering. But if you really start making, taking note of conversations you're having with people and when they start, that's how I actually created the Say She Crash course, which was my first online course. It was a fashion course because people kept asking me how to be a stylist, how to get how to have style and I'm like well you can go to like Nordstrom's and someone can dress you but that's not learning how to dress yourself every day that's not learning how to create your own style and that's how I it that course came to be I was just answering the same question and it just made sense and that's what I'm doing also in my next course that's coming out on the simply amazing headshots people are like how do I do my own how do I create my own pictures without having to go to a, a photographer and it was just people keep asking you how do you do it how do you do it and then you see there's a need for that and you put it into a course or a program or a blog post or a video or a podcast whatever it is but I think that's great tips and I love the idea of the bookstore that to me is just that's so you know, I've, I still have a little, you know, ink in my veins. So the whole idea of going to a bookstore and seeing what excites you is fantastic. So, Dory, 
I always ask someone to give us a few tips on what you, how you can make your life more amazing this week. You have given so many, but if you had to narrow it down to like three really quick little takeaways that someone can do to make their life more amazing this week, to be able to get to the point where they can, they can find themselves more deeply as an, a recognized expert. They can reinvent themselves in, in that genre of what they could do to sort of open up their income streams. What are like three really simple takeaways that you think someone can do this week? All right. If we're if we're looking for news you can use, uh, news here, you can use. <laughs> news you can use right now. That is exactly right. Uh, so one of them, this is this is a strategy that I share in my first book, Reinventing You, is uh, the wingman strategy. Uh-huh. And so I will uh, I will suggest that for folks, uh, if if sometime this week or in the next couple of weeks you are going to be going to some kind of a networking event or a conference or something like that, in advance of this conference, um, something that you can do and research actually backs up the efficacy of this is you you find a wingman you find a trusted friend you know or colleague that that you really respect you go to that person and say you know what at this networking event let's make a pact that i will focus on talking you up if you do the same thing for me and it, it first of all it takes the pressure off you to you know have to be oh you know i have to brag about myself or i have to look like i'm so amazing you don't have to worry about it you have to worry about making your friends look good and they're going to do the same thing for you the rising tide lifts all boats and people are going to be more interested in meeting both of you so that's a strategy that is really effective I, and there's some social proof in that too absolutely absolutely <laughs> that's great really really effective in multiple ways uh another strategy which i which i like to share is uh, one that uh, was inspired by the research of Ronald Burt from the University of Chicago, uh, who's a specialist in network theory. And he talks about the importance of becoming uh, a so-called hub in your uh, in your network, that, that essentially, if you can be a person that is bridging unconnected groups and uh, and sort of talking to to multiple people, multiple sides, you make yourself far more valuable because you have access to information that other people don't. And so a really simple way you can put it into action is to decide that, that just once a week, if once a week you can make a pact to have, you know, lunch or coffee or wh- whatever, um, you know, whatever you, you activity you choose, but if you can have lunch once a week, with someone who is just outside your immediate network, a new connection uh, who can help you broaden it. Um, if you work at a company, it could be someone, just people from different departments. Uh, if you are self-employed, it could be people that um, maybe are just outside your field, just adjacent to it. But if you can just deliberately make an effort to broaden yourself by connecting with new people once a week, this is going to pay huge dividends in terms of expanding your network by 50 interesting, diverse new people over the course of wow. the year. Wow, that's great. Yeah. And, and the, third, the third thing that I will suggest, um, this, is, uh, this is an exercise that, uh, that takes a, a little more time, but, but I think uh, ultimately pays big dividends. 
Um, I actually have uh, another free resource, which is a 42-page self-assessment workbook that people can can get. I call it the Standout Self-Assessment Workbook, which literally walks you through the process of how to develop your breakthrough idea and spread it. And folks can get that for free at doryclark.com slash join, J-O-I-N. And, uh, and that's, that's a way that if you, if you work through that, you can really begin to get a sense of what differentiates you in the marketplace and how to position yourself effectively. That's great. That's really wonderful. And thank you so much. I, I just, everyone, I, I just want you to like, if you know someone else who you can benefit from this, who's a, a change in their life, or you have an entrepreneur friend, please share this episode with them because Dory really is a genius at this. And I appreciate you being here so much. You've shared so many wonderful pearls. And I know you've got a lot of stuff coming up. We've, we've got your freebie, so maybe we want to repeat some of them too. And if you come over to FocusOnStyle.com, there will be a full transcript of this episode. So if you're the kind of person who likes to highlight, we'll have everything there and the links that Dory already mentioned. But you want to tell us a little bit more on where people can find you, what you have coming up with your book, and any other events or anything else you have in, up your sleeve? Yeah, thank you so much, Sharon. So the uh, the, the the home base for everything is uh, doryclark.com. It's D-O-R-I-E-C-L-A-R-K.com. I have more than 400 free articles available on this site that I've written for places like Forbes and the Harvard Business Review. Uh, but the two free resources that I mentioned, uh, just again, in case people want to go there or take it down, there's the uh, the recognized expert evaluation toolkit, which is a scored assessment that shows you um, where you need to to do the most work and also where you're already successful in terms of becoming a recognized expert. So you you really can form a roadmap from that. Um, folks can get that at doryclark.com/toolkit. And the second resource that I mentioned is the uh, standout self-assessment workbook, and that walks you through how to develop and spread your breakthrough idea. That's available at doryclark.com slash join. And what about your book? Yes. <laughs> what about your book? Book so, many, so many things. So many yes. books. So many ways to find Dory. So the new the new book is called Entrepreneurial You. That's out uh, October 2017. The ones that are already out there for folks who cannot wait are <laughs> Reinventing You and Stand Out. Okay. And you certainly did stand out today. So thank you so much for being here. And um, it was great. So thank, thank you, you all. Okay. See you, everybody. Wrap. Well, not so fast. We covered a lot of amazing things today. But what's your biggest takeaway from this episode? Hop on over to www.focusonstyle.com to leave a comment and keep the conversation going. While you're there, be sure to subscribe to become a Focus on Style Insider. Not only will you get instant access to the Star Power Flash Kit, curated to help you and your business get out there, but as an insider, you'll also receive exclusive bonuses, amazing content, and access to special events that Sharon only shares by email. Subscribe now at www.focusonstyle.com insiders. It's your time to be the best at being you. So don't forget to subscribe at www.focusonstyle.com insiders. See you on the next episode of the 7 Days to Amazing Podcast with Sharon Haver where you learn how to make your life, business, and style even more amazing in the next week.